I'm Damon Callahan, and with me is Manny Pohl, CIO at ECP Asset Management, who recently wrote his reflections on 2023, a piece you can find on insights.ecpam.com. Manny, thanks for being with me here today. Let's just start with the reflections on 2023. It was a year filled with major macro, political, and technological headlines. So to you, what, what were some of the highlights, and how are you thinking about how these might impact the portfolio? Uh, Damo, um, that's a direct question, and I'm going to do what politicians do and not answer the direct question. But uh, I'm going to give you some some insights into the way I think about things. If you look at that article, in the beginning of the article, there's a chart that shows um, the markets over the past 12, 12 months, the Australian market, that is, and various political things that – and they're marked on the chart so that you can see you know, what the political event was and where the chart was going. And the fascinating thing is that some of the major events that occurred, anybody looking at those in isolation, and the ones I'm referring to were uh, Credit Suisse, a major bank on the global stage, folding. Uh, the IMF coming out with reduced growth rates is the second one. Uh, and then we had this hor- horrific event where Hamas uh, you know, went into Israel and did what we all know they did. Um, and each of those events, you would think, standing back and looking at them, would have a negative impact on the market. But that actually wasn't the case. Certainly off- after those events occurred, the stock market went up, which is what's shown in that particular chart. So the reason I'm um, making that point is that I think when you're looking at the markets, what is front of the media and what the media say is usually probably the wrong thing to be looking at. You, you've got to look behind what's actually going on and what is going on in a financial sense. And what was going on over that period, the major driver, which to answer your question, um, was what was happening to interest rates. We saw all the Federal Reserves around the world increasing interest rates because they were scared at what was happening with inflation. Um, and the inflation rates were going up around the world and were at astronomical levels in some countries like the UK. Uh, we were more fortunate here in Australia compared to others. Um, but the central banks then increased interest rates to obviously bring inflation down within their bandwidths. And that's what was driving the valuations in the stock market. So that was the, the major thing. All those other political events, if you have a look at them, really the market was counterintuitive to what was going on. And it was when um, investors and those that watched these things had a good look at when they thought inflation was going to start coming down. That's when we started to see the multiples going up. And that's what um, what some people call an inverse Minsky effect. Um, and, and why it's an inverse Minsky is because Minsky was a guy who came along with an academic theory that follows the way you, you get euphoria in the markets and then there's a point at which the markets then collapse but the inverse is when the markets are all subdued and then they pick up and go the other way. And the major driver was the, what we were seeing central banks starting to say about inflation and how they were going to deal with it and the possibility of not actual interest rate declines but the possibility of those was what drove the markets in the, lo- the last period that we were looking at and, and certainly we've had massive drivers, go, you know, the markets going up. And if we just move away from, I think, some of those you know, bigger macro or, or political events and just bring it back to our investment process, I thought one of the really interesting points that you, you spent a little bit of time talking about in the article was, was the concept of understanding a company's dynamic capability. Would you be able to just unpack what that means for our listeners? Uh, 
In simple terms, the dynamic capability of a business is really its ability to reinvent itself and, and also to drive the, f- the future growth of the business. Um, academics use terms like paradigm shift to, to talk about massive shifts in a system or a business. Um, and over the many years that we've all been investing, there have been some major paradigm shifts. The, the, the first one that comes to mind was when all of a sudden out of left field, the dot-com companies came to the market. And, and those dot-coms soon became dot-bombs because it was based on a flawed concept of burn rates uh, and people were, fell in love with the concept and a lot of money poured into them. But the real money was made out of picking companies that could take this movement to the internet um, and the ability to address m- many consumers through using this medium, this technological medium. Um, and those were the companies that we benefited. It was things like REA in those days, um, carsales.com, Seek. They all used this new technique or technology to improve their economic footprint and grow. And that's that dynamic capability. They immediately looked at it and brought it into their business and enhanced their business. Um, the next thing was cloud computing. It's another paradigm shift where people understood that you could actually put things up in the cloud, which you, was not tangible. Everybody had to have a server in their office and had to link their, their offices around the globe to the central server, and that was thrown out the window, which meant you could have massive um, efficiencies in the business. The, mod- the, the paradigm shift that we're looking at now, which I think is going to make a major impact and, get, and us as growth managers are going to be instrumental in us really having good performance into the future, is this whole thing about AI. But the early money has gone into the people who are talking about AI and maybe developing it. The real money, in my opinion, is going to be made when you take the people that have taken AI and can use it in their business to grow the economic footprint. And, and Damo, you did an article that was talking about that and how the, the, you know, there's low-hanging fruit, but I think it's a massive paradigm shift for the future. Yeah, it's a really interesting point. I mean, we talk about dynamic capabilities a lot internally, and you know, I think one of the mistakes investors make is assuming that a company's strategy doesn't change when – the business environment changes. You know, they apply this static strategy that a might, company might be running with and then they can't – well, some companies actually can't change their strategies but being invested by companies that can dynamically respond to the environment um, is is how you add quality to, to the portfolio. So a really great example of that has been in the last two years, you know, well, the narrative leading up to the last two years was a lot of software companies were, um, you know, cash flow break even but investing for growth and there was a narrative in the market where a lot of investors thought that these just weren't profitable companies because a theory about their ability to expand their margins at their own discretion by pulling back on longer term growth investments hadn't really been tested and what we saw in the last few years was interest rates went up um, discount rates went up and then you know those longer duration growth companies that were investing for growth sold off dramatically but then what was proven with a lot of their business models is the ability to quickly cut unnecessary short-term costs without damaging their longer-term strategies, basically pulling back on that growth investment, but then having enormous expansion in margins um, for quite a few business models was proven. And a lot of investors missed that. And I think that was a point about uh, dynamic capability that was a really interesting you know, framework, which, which helped our portfolio 
but it also showed the importance of understanding that ahead of time uh, when, when you are making an investment. I think just picking back up on your article, and maybe the last question for me is just as we look forward into 2024, Manny, what do you think investors should be paying attention to more broadly? And I think part of this is what should they ignore so they don't get caught up in the noise so they can apply an effective investment strategy? Oh, Damo, I think um, AI across the board has been adopted by people as the new paranoia, and this is going to enable you, if you follow what's happening in AI, you are going to be caught up in the groundswell and make a whole lot of money. And I think that, that that's flawed. I think there are certainly going to be some players that are going to do extremely well, but you need to do your homework. It's having a look at the management. As you said, dynamic capability was the ability of businesses to change to what's going on in the marketplace. So management adapting to changes in the marketplace, and AI will change the marketplace, there's no doubt about it. But management recognizing that and driving it within their business is a key thing of what you guys do. You talk to management every day of the week, and you, and you guys make a call on guys that have got this dynamic capability thinking, how they can keep reinventing their business, not changing the core of what they do, but bringing in the network effect by using technology or whatever it is that's going to enhance the network effect. So I think to answer your question, I think investors need to take a step back from this whole euphoria around AI and just think about actually what it is and what it can do and where and what it can't do. And you just don't want to get caught up in the euphoria like the dot-com is becoming the dot-bombs. Yeah, that's a, that's a great summary, Manny. Look, thanks a lot for your time today. If you enjoyed this episode of Redefining Active Investing, please don't forget to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please remember to read the disclaimer in the show notes.